Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. We hope you're safe and happy wherever you're tuning in. Jonathan uh, Brose from IMG Sports is going to be joining us a little later in the program to talk about how the sports broadcast industry has been affected by COVID-19. Kelly Sander will be on the show later, of course. Dr. Mark Horn from South Central Regional Medical Center about to join us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, the proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and a restaurant we hope you're supporting. You can still enjoy their delicious food seven days a week through their drive through and through their takeout. And so uh, support your local restaurants and put Dickie's at the top of that list. Well, for the past several weeks, uh, once a week, we've had Dr. Mark Horn from South Central Regional Medical Center on the show. Glad to have him uh, Back on the show again today, and as always, Doc, we appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, lots to get to. We're going to get right to it. Governor announces yesterday he's reopening restaurants in Mississippi with some restrictions, uh, more uh, opening of public parks and uh, facilities of that nature. Meanwhile, uh, I follow the statistics every day to try to keep myself prepared. And uh, being a layman, I, I find these things hard to correlate. 1,062 new cases of this disease in the last four days in Mississippi, almost 1,600 in the past week, 49 deaths in the past four days. Is it time, Dr. Horn, to be reopening restaurants and loosening the restrictions? There are a range of opinions on that, and I I understand where the governor is coming from. Um, Let's look at the numbers first for an understanding of what I believe the governor is seeing. Number one, uh, we now have more testing supplies across the state, so you're seeing more testing. Given that there are a lot of patients who have COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2, that's the virus that causes COVID-19, a lot of people have the virus and don't know it. So they're what we call asymptomatic patients. And as we test more people, we're going to find more of those asymptomatic people. And so our testing numbers look worse because of increased testing not necessarily because of increased burden of disease. Number two, um, the, the, the best way of looking at the medical aspects of this is not just the total number of cases, because that's so easy to skew as we just discussed, but the number of hospitalized patients, particularly those that are on ventilators or those who are in intensive care units. Those numbers are holding pretty steady. So the governor looked at that, And I believe he also was looking at the real significant negative consequences that uh, the stand-in-place order was having on patients who needed to have some medical care, some elective, but not, uh, there were elective surgeries, but they weren't casual surgeries. They weren't just things you wanted. There were things you needed, but they could be put off for a few weeks. Well, they have been put off for a few weeks. And so we've, people who needed to come in to see a physician. Uh, because they really needed to see a physician or a nurse practitioner or a PA. 
And so we've allowed those things to happen. And then it comes to businesses. And so there was some need to open up some things to people. People will only stay locked down for so long. So people were already demanding they come out. So he, he made some adjustments there, understanding that there was a consequence to staying shut down, and he was trying to balance the two. My fear and concern is not so much that what the governor has done, but how people understand what the governor has done. The governor has not said, nor has Dr. Dobbs, the state health officer, they've not said you can quit social distancing. They have not said you can quit um, wearing a mask and you can't. They, none of them, as a matter of fact, they've said the opposite. People still need to do all the things they've been doing. Wash your hands, wear your mask. Stay out of the public space as much as you can. You now have more options. You have the ability to go out and do things if you need to. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. So people need to still, they don't need to understand the governor as having said, hey, it's over, go back to normal. That is emphatically not what was said. And people need to understand, think a little past the surface when they look at this. Here's what I detect, though. I, I detect that there are some people in our in our society that that hear these things and their their attitude is see i told you this wasn't as bad as it thought i'm going to do what i want to do i'm not going to wear a mask i don't care because you see what i thought all along is now proving to be true you know it's interesting and there are even among really smart people of good intent we can have major disagreements about what has been done uh, in the past. Okay, we can disagree about some of those things. One of the things we should not disagree about is whether or not this is worse than a normal flu season. Here's why. I've been through a lot of flu seasons. I've never seen refrigerated trucks backed up to major hospitals in New Orleans and uh, in New York City to stack the dead bodies in. I've never seen that. And that's what happened. So this is not normal. I've never seen a flu season here at our home hospital where we have this many viral pneumonias. And we have people that get viral pneumonia every year, and we deal with them, but we don't have this many, and we've had a lot. So when this disease goes bad, it goes very bad, and it does so at a much higher, the really bad cases are much, much greater than with the standard flu. So that's what we can say with confidence. That's not an opinion. That's just based on facts. And they're very graphic facts, but particularly those uh, mortuary uh, trailers, refrigerated trailers. I mean tractor trailers, things to stack dozens and dozens of bodies in, in New York City and in New Orleans and in other major metropolitan areas that are getting really tagged by this. Luke? Dr. Horn, the uh, Mississippi Department of Health uh, announced, I think that was yesterday, the second highest single-day increase, uh, I think 327 new cases. Mississippi's still kind of in the middle nationally. I think we're 26th uh, through through today in cases. Um, when you're assessing you know, the, the spread, one of the things that got brought up from Dr. Dobbs and Governor Reeves was they have to, to look at the data to make sure it's not just isolated. And of course, nobody wants uh, this virus in a nursing home. It's one of the worst places that it can go. Um, but if it if it if it's isolated within a certain place um, necessarily, it could possibly mean that we're not, it's not spreading statewide. That the uptick is just in an isolated area. Is, is that true, or, or can you add to to that? Absolutely. People 
as we look at the numbers, we always need to look look at the statewide numbers. That's a really nice thing to look at. Then start digging. Look at the county numbers. And within the county, the the health department and, and uh, some other, there are ways of getting more specific, more granular data, as people might say. So I know for a fact that the health department is looking not just at the statewide numbers, but they're looking at a county and they're looking inside counties at certain neighborhoods and populations within that county. So we know for a fact that this virus disproportionately affects those who are poor and the African-American community. So there's a real focus at the state and local level to reach those communities that are impoverished, who have uh, a variety of things uh, that are sort of stacked against them when it comes to things like this disease and and other societal uh, problems, and to try to reach out and make sure they get tested and they get the support that they need. So uh, statewide numbers are good. Uh, Countywide numbers are really good. And then looking inside each community to see where it is makes a big difference. Uh, a little over a minute left in this segment, Dr. Horn. Uh, it got brought up at the press conference uh, yesterday also. We've heard this from the beginning. It's May now. There have been a lot of talk that this virus doesn't res- respond well to the sun and heat. Uh, I haven't asked you about that, but specifically, is that is that fact of what we know now about this virus? I do not know more about it now than I did two or three weeks ago when I first said that. Um, we have not there's, – there's tantalizing evidence that indeed it will not do as well once the heat and length of days really takes hold. But we don't yet know that. And our nights are still relatively cool. I'm enjoying these cool mornings when I get up early to yeah. go for a walk. and um, But we just don't know yet. Well, Doctor, 30 seconds left. Your last word of advice this week for people listening. Enjoy going outside and in this beautiful weather that we've got. This is the per- this is the best time, this in the fall, are the best times in Mississippi. Go outside, go for a walk, but stay away from crowds. When you do have to go to the grocery store or when you do have to go to a hardware store, if you've just got to get something from uh, another retail envi- environment, wear a mask, stay separated. Sounds like logical advice to me, Doctor. And we follow your lead here on this show, and uh, we thank you as always for taking the time to uh, reach our listeners around the state. Look forward to talk to you again next week. All right, everybody. Doctor Mark Horn from South Central Regional Medical Center. We appreciate very much his participation in the Eagle Hour. When we come back, IMG Sports Jonathan Brose on the show. To the top. Back on a Tuesday, overcast Tuesday in South Mississippi. Thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. 
and beautiful downtown Laurel, our uh, studio sponsor, First Bank, been with us since the beginning of the Eagle Hour, and we really appreciate their support. The Perfect 10, Reggie Collier, operates out of First Bank, that brand-new branch on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, and we really appreciate the sponsorship, a studio sponsorship of First Bank. They're there for you and all your financial needs. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Right now, temporarily shut down, but you can visit them always open online at campusbookmark.net. It would be a great time as summer hits to get you uh, some fresh summer swag uh, in the black and gold so that when sports season rolls back around, we can cheer on the black and gold with your new swag from Campus Bookmark. Bob's still waiting on that two-month-late birthday present yeah, from you. Yeah, I'm sure it's coming, Bookmark. though, right? It's coming, right, Luke, in the mail? I hope. Okay. Hope. Hey, Jonathan Bros is a sales rep with IMG Sports, which, of course, carries Southern Miss Athletics, among many other colleges around the country. He joins us now on the Eagle Hour. Jonathan, how are you? Doing well, Bob. How are we doing? Well, we're good. We're glad to have you uh, back on the show for your second appearance. Uh, all right. You know, we've been talking a lot over the last few weeks on this show about all the things that uh, COVID-19 has done to the world of college and professional sports, obviously, uh, foremost is that no one's playing anything uh that can't be good news for a network like img sports either right you have nothing to broadcast right now uh yeah it's been challenging um you know with all this uh madness going on um unfortunately nobody's been immune to uh the effects that it's had but um just trying to make the best of um the opportunity that we have and um we launched our southern Miss athletics podcast um a few weeks back and um, just trying to pass time until we uh, get get back to a state of uh, normalcy. Right. Uh, what do you hear on the inside? Uh, we hear a lot of different varying opinions as to whether or not there's going to be football this fall. What, what's your best guess, Jonathan? Well, unfortunately, I don't know any more than uh, the average person. Um, right now, it's just kind of the sense of um, hoping and praying for the best and preparing for the worst. Um, obviously, the fan and me, um, hopes that they push the season back before they reduce the number of fans that they allow. Um, but it's kind of just a wait and see right now, and hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll get some clarity on that um, and be able to move forward from there. All right, Luke? Jonathan, thanks for uh, coming on today, man. It, it's been synonymous with uh, when we listen to John Cox and Lee Roberts when they go to the commercial break. You're listening to Southern Miss Football from IMG College. How many uh, – universities and and college sports teams falls under uh, IMG? So at the beginning of last uh, year, Learfield and IMG merged, um, which were the two powerhouses um, in this industry. And so now we have over 200 um, colleges under our umbrella. So um, we've really expanded over the past course of of the past year. Um, And and it's it's an exciting and great place to work. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I, I thought there was a merger going on because uh, a few years back you would you might be listening to an SEC game. I know Mississippi State was under Learfield, and they would say that. Now it's all Learfield IMG College. On your part, because you get to interact with you know all these guys, and, and one of the things that Bob and I really enjoy is when Southern Miss is playing Alabama. We've had Eli Gold on. Um, we've had uh, you know so many different people uh, that are a part of the broadcasting side of it. Uh, you, you got any stories, man, about meeting some or talking or being involved with some of those great names in the sports production business? 
Um, you know, really, uh, one of, uh, the uh, most interesting people I've, I've personally got to meet is, uh, John Cox. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, the traditions that he's been a part of and, uh, the legacy he has, um, you know, he's, he's full of wisdom, um, and he's very insightful and, uh, a great person just to, to pick his brain about when it comes to, you know, any type of Southern myth, um, you know, uh, background or, or, or classic events. So, um, he's been a very interesting person that, I, that I've got to pick his brain a little bit. So, Jonathan, you were talking about the merger between Learfield and IMG, and I, I think in every business world, competition breeds better products. You have to compete with your competitor. You have to stay on top of things every day or your competitor moves ahead of you. Is it a good thing for virtually all the college sports to be controlled by one company? I personally think so. Um, just the amount of resources that we've been able to um, obtain uh, over the past course of the, of the year um, has helped me out a ton, and I know it's helped out a, a lot of our other properties. Um, it's very useful to have more colleges under our umbrella um, so we can kind of pick their brains a little bit to see what sort of promotions or sponsorships that they're running. Um you know, just to give us more options as well. So I, I do think it's a good thing. Right. Now, the last time you were on this show, we kind of poked fun at you about all the commercials that you guys run during the football games. Now that you've had a little chance to rest and kind of rest, have you all decided to maybe limit that to 15, 1600 this fall? <laughs> well, uh, like I said last time, you know, we, we try to find a good balance. Um, you know, the, the last thing um, fans want is, uh, you know, the, the natural flow of a game to be broken up with with uh, an overload of sponsors. So we try to find a, a good balance between all that. Right. And I also picked at you about being, I think, from Missouri, if I recall correctly, and uh, asked you to tell us what you had found more appealing. Was it Southern food or Southern women? Uh, you sided with food the last time we talked. Has anything changed that view, Jonathan? Well, uh, fortunately, my girlfriend hasn't decided to uh, – <laughs> Uh, take her talents elsewhere, so I still uh, am going to have to defer to the food. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to put you on the spot anymore. Uh, please, don't, any, please don't put him on the spot anymore. Anymore please, about please, that. You're going to get me in the doghouse. Right. Now, I know this would probably be getting close to the time of year where you guys are out selling and you're preparing for football. Are you doing that now, or has that been put on hold? You know, it's been put on hold a little bit. Um, obviously, we're sensitive uh, to the situation our sponsors are in. Um, and first and foremost, we want to, we want them to know, um, that, that we're willing to work with them. Um, you know, obviously there's still some excitement for the fall season. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, you have your people who are willing to, um, go forward with business as usual. And if, uh, you know, situations change, um, go from there. And then there also are some people who are a little bit hesitant until we get some more clarity. So, um, I'm just trying to make the best of uh, the opportunities that we're in right now. And, um, you know, like I said, hopefully we get some clarity in the next couple of weeks. And I'm guessing, too, you guys are a lot like our industry. You, you lost baseball season right after it got started. You know, we had to go back and make adjustments with a lot of our clientele and, uh, and work with them through this uh, strange period. I'm going to assume IMG has had to do the same thing across the country with college baseball. Absolutely. Um, and fortunately, um, our sponsors have been understanding of the situation we are in, similar to them. Um, but just working through, make good opportunities to, to, to make it right on, on a sponsorship end. 
Right, and you've unfortunately missed our beloved college baseball season down here, Jonathan. I know. Um, only having ten home games was uh, was was not ideal. Um, it, it crushed crushed me a little bit, but um, you know, looking forward to the fall season. Uh, I love football here in Hattiesburg, so uh, looking forward to that and uh, hoping uh, we can continue business as, as usual next fall. All right, Luke. What else have you got for this young man? Last question, totally random, Jonathan, but I've always wondered this, and it's because I call high school and junior college games here in South Mississippi, and I got a producer in the back. You know, we always have here when you guys bring the score updates. I'm so thankful for that. You tell us what's happening around the top 25. You tell us what I'm thinking football here. You tell us what's happening around Conference USA. Is there one producer that covers several different broadcasts, or is there like one assigned for the Southern Miss broadcast? You know, I honestly do not know that answer off the top of my head. Um, but I will. Uh, I'll get back to to Bob on that one, and uh, I'll let you know what I find out. Either way, it's a tremendous job you guys do, and, and I think the merger, you know, will will help it more. But man, thanks uh, so much for you for what you do, and we're thankful no matter where we are. If we're unable to travel on the road covering the Golden Eagles, you guys always do a tremendous job on the broadcast. Thanks, man, so yeah. much. We appreciate it, Jonathan. And Jonathan, hey. keep enjoying that Southern food. <laughs> I will, I will. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. I have a blast every time. All right, buddy. You're welcome anytime. Jonathan Brose, everybody, from IMG Sports. And uh, that, of course, is the company that broadcasts Southern Miss. I tell you what, look, they dominate the country now. Even before that merger with Learfield, I, I would say they were probably broadcasting 80% of the sports uh, in the United States. And people may not know it, but this company, Telesouth, at one time owned all the broadcast rights to state, Southern, really? Ole Miss, Jackson State, got out of that business, uh, got more into the radio expansion business, and uh, and IMG bought up a lot of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they're the big king now it's, when it comes to it. It's funny when, when you hear things for the first time. I was listening. It was probably three or four years ago, and I was listening to a Mississippi State ball game. Yes, it's okay to do that. Don't freak out in your car right, right now. And Neil Price said that he was uh, he was with Learfield. So I thought that where State was playing that day, the stadium was called Learfield. <laughs> and then I found out that I was a dummy. Right. And now it's Learfield IMG College. Right, you're right. All right, when we come back, Kelly Santer will find him and bring him into the conversation as the Eagle Hour continues on Super Talk Mississippi. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street, just in the shadow of the University of Southern Mississippi. Great times, great memorabilia, great food. Serve curbside right now, 8.95 lunch every single day at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Santer preparing for a very nice uh, duck platter. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to be served, but Jeeves, uh, his personal butler and chef. Mind you, Bob, it's not the pastry chef that he got from Les Miles. Jeeves is the committed, just the normal chef. Kelly, uh, uh, very gracious to give us a few minutes before he enjoys yeah. his afternoon second lunch. Kelly right. Sander, how are you today? To be specific, Luke, we're having a duck a la range with saffron drizzle and capers for mm. lunch today. Mm. Those butlers come standard when you buy a house out there at Canebrake. Am I right? That's part of and, the package. And, and, and gardeners. and you know, I have you. I got um, you. So you have Jeeves inside. Who do you have outside working today, Kelly? Uh, Ernesto. Right, he's he's out working the front yard, and then Phyllis comes in every you know every other day to kind of straighten up because of the big mess I make. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What's so, Louie doing right now? Uh, he's he's sitting sitting right here in my lap. Louie the Wonder Dog. Uh, I, I, he wanted to get on air yesterday. We heard him. Yeah, yeah. Yes, a, a stray uh, Wonder Bread bag was blowing through my yard, and Louie wanted to. Uh, yeah. Louis was having no part of that, was he, Kelly? <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but it looks like you guys, you guys were talking with Jonathan Bros. He shoots a pretty mean game of pool, too. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Um, I've actually played pool with him at 4th Street. And by the way, we mentioned 4th Street, the sponsor. Last Friday, you guys, on their, their uh, drive-up lunches, they sold out of catfish plates. How about that? Awesome. Last Friday. Well, that's because so, it's good, Kelly. Well, for sure, for yeah. sure. But I mean, it's, it's also it also talks a lot about the communities continuing to support these restaurants any way they can. You know, that's right. When we get through this, but it looks like you guys, the National Football League is planning for business as usual. They will release the uh, actual schedule coming this Thursday, as if they're going to play it like they normally would. Of course, there are provisions in place should they have to move the season back, say a month and whether they would play with fans or not. Of course, as Luke mentioned yesterday on the program, the international games in Mexico City um, and London have been canceled for this year. So uh, even if it's a a month late with fans in the stands, and I know, Bob, that would be your preference, however long they have to wait, at least make sure that there are fans in the stands. Well, absolutely. And here's another question I would have, Kelly. Let's say they push the NFL season back to October. That doesn't mean, right, that they would just drop the September game. Does that not mean they would just push the entire thing back a month? That's what would make the most sense to me. And, of course, what's also problematic is they've added, as part of the new collective bargaining agreement, a 17th game. Correct, right. You know, so that's that's another game that they even have to, to worry about. Right. So, uh, but all these provisions, they're, they're going to try to handle. Uh, but I'm with you, Bob, with, with if their choice is to play in empty stadiums or delay the, the season to let people come to the games, yeah, I, I would like to see you know right. fans in the stands. And here's the positive thing, too, guys: no preseason games. We wouldn't have to we wouldn't have to muddle through four weeks of games that really don't count. And what we and we talked about how highly rated the draft was, even though it was a virtual draft. Mm-hmm. The NFL draft on TV, the highest highest rated draft ever. To show you how desperate they are for programming, tomorrow night, the NFL, as we just mentioned, is going to unveil the schedule. Okay? Mm-hmm. Three hours <laughs> of pregame <laughs> on TV leading up to 
the unveiling of the schedule. Mm-hmm. So we now have a three-hour pregame show to just find out what right. the schedule is. Right. Yeah. Although, although they are saying that the easiest of schedules based on last year's records belong to the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. Those two teams will have the easiest schedule. This is how bad it is. You, you, you know that you need news. The lead story on ESPN.com today, the, I'm sorry, the, the sub to the uh, lead story is ranking the bottom 10 jerseys in NBA history. The lead story <laughs> is not ranking the top 10 jerseys in NBA history. The lead story is not ranking the top 20 jerseys in NBA history. The lead story right now on ESPN.com is ranking the top 74 jerseys mm. in NBA history. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's tough just, out there. It's pretty tough out there, that's for sure. And, we had, you know, we had a. Go ahead, Kelly. You, you guys think I'm kidding, but go back to the program. On one of the ESPN channels yesterday, they had a video of stupid robots fighting. Hmm. Robots. Yeah. And they had these guys behind the robots, you know, that were like. Like rock'em, like sock'em robots? Kind of like that, except, except these were like, you know, made of tin cans and made of. It was the most asinine thing I'd ever seen, hmm. but but it was a legitimate broadcast. But that's how desperate they are for anything. Hey, we're not one to criticize legitimate broadcasts. No, no, we're we're, we're we're certainly not going to go down. No, that it just road. shows you how it just shows you how desperate right. you know things. You know, uh, Kelly. Some people would disagree with what I'm about to say. I think you'll understand because you and I come originally from from a different part of the country where the National Football League was is the dominant sport. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about how un- unbelievable it would be not to have college football, and I agree with that. I, I think that would, that would be terrible. But I can't even begin to imagine a fall without the National Football League, Kelly, and I think that would just have such a devastating morale shock nationwide that it would be kind of hard to put your finger on how severe that would be. Agreed, and and as we mentioned yesterday, I think that's why so many people, even if they're not fans of NASCAR, will be tuning in to the race on the 17th as as life, sports-wise, starts to spring back to normal. Will Major League Baseball, you know, get playing July 4th? It's so important for the national psyche of this country for these things to happen. I know that people go, oh, sports is overvalued and we pay athletes too much. I get that. I, I understand that argument. But from a but as you just mentioned, Bob, from a morale standpoint, correct, got to get our athletes back on the field. That's kind of what makes us partly, you know, American and uh, proud to be American. And, and when you think about what areas of the country have been the hardest hit, I, all areas have been hit, but the hardest hit are the most populated areas in the country, where the big right. cities are and the metropolitan areas around there. And Kelly, that's where the National Football League teams are. And if you haven't right. lived in a city like that, it's hard to it's hard to explain to people just how important that NFL franchise is to the city and the surrounding area. And I just feel really bad, and I'm, I'm being serious when I say this, because I know politically New York and Mississippi don't have a lot in common. But the poor city of New York, man, I mean, yeah. they're just getting hammered all the time with something. Correct. You know, um, Correct. It's got to be tough to, well, to it, live in. Kelly, it's like the doctor said in the first segment of the show today. In his career, he's never seen them pulling refrigerated trucks up to hospitals to put the dead bodies in them. And that was happening in New Orleans. That was happening in New York. It's just hard to, it's hard to overemphasize how tragic that really is. Which, is. which is why, you know, from a morale standpoint, we need to figure Absolutely. this out. 
to get our athletes back on the fields, courts, whatever they play. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm not saying we don't need to get college football back. Of course we do. Of course we do. I, I'm just making a point that the, the NFL is so – it's so huge. You, you, you guys are talking about the, the, the audience, the national audience for the draft. There'll be a big audience when they do the schedule release that people are so hungry for. It's the gorilla in the room, I think, when it comes to sports. Do you remember? Do you remember when Jerry Lewis used to do the telethon to benefit Muscular Dystrophy Association? You know, for right. years, right? And people thought it was a cool thing if they'd raise forty million dollars in a thirty-hour time frame. Right. You know, well, the NFL is so popular, and the NFL said it would match donations, which, cer- which certainly helped. But they raised a hundred million dollars for COVID nineteen relief workers. Yeah, a hundred million. Yeah, you know, in six hours. Pretty good. Six hours of the draft, and of course the NFL is going to match that. So two hundred million bucks they raised. How about our buddy Luke John? Luke, how sad would you be if there were no Hoodats playing this fall? Well, I'm just not going to entertain that that thought process at all. I'm just blocking it <laughs> yeah, out. You don't let your Every mind time go Kelly says play. there's not going to be junior college or high school football, I just block it out. I just ignore <laughs> it. I just uh, just picture myself being in Kelly's place and just looking to Jeeves and say, "Please yeah. bring me another." duck add the french right. ending to it whatever it is and, and a plate of grapes right kelly with every meal uh, luke it's duck a la range with saffron <laughs> drizzle and capers here's the question how do you summon jeeves is there a bell is there a little golf clap is there a uh, hey is there more grapes please like well, how do you call jeeves now two snaps <laughs> he comes running you don't right have a red there. button like president trump <laughs> No, two two snaps of the fingers. One is for Phyllis, and Ernesto. I have to yell because he's usually so far away from the house. He's outside, right, Kelly? Right. Does, right. does he get to share in the duck and what have you, Ernesto? Uh, if he'd like to, would you? Uh, but that son of a gun never stops working. Now he just you know You're so nice. Hmm. It's the way you like it. Huh? All right, we will uh, continue to talk to Kelly from his Palladial Palace out in Canebrake when the Eagle Hour comes back. If you're looking for a new ride, a new truck, new SUV, new family car, check out Toyota Hattiesburg, uh, located on Highway 98. Our good friends over there can help you pick out uh, the best vehicle to suit you and your family's needs. Online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can view their entire inventory. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander continues to join Bob Getty and I from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And uh, Laurel, this was pretty cool, guys, up on uh, Jay Ladner's uh, Twitter feed uh, last couple days. Uh, yesterday in, in history, I believe it was back in 1989, Randolph Keys 
in a game against Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen, and Michael Jordan. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 4 steals. I guess that would have been two years after uh, he had helped the Eagles win the, the NIT. Had a pretty mean jump shot. What do you guys remember about Randolph Keys? Great player, dynamic shooter. I think, as I recall, Cali rebounded the ball very well. Really uh, one of the premier basketball players to ever play here. When he can play like that against Jordan and that crew, that's uh, that's about as good as competition as you could have ever faced, right? Out of Collins, Mississippi, yeah, I played yeah. for the for Cleveland Cavaliers. The thing I remember about Randolph had a really keen sense of humor. Um, he was real quiet, but uh, whenever he would uh, come forth with something funny, it was always hilarious because – Derek Hamilton was really the showman on that team, you know, mm-hmm. both on and off the court. I mean, Derek Hamilton could have been, you know, he could have been the Kevin Hart of his time. Man, he was always quick with a joke. Um, and I could refer to the Billy Joel team as quick with a joke and a light of a smoke or whatever. But um, uh, he was, Derek Hamilton was a pretty pretty funny guy. And Randolph kind of always acquiesced to him. But the, the thing that was so neat about that team, too, is that it wasn't just one guy. You know, I mean, one night Keys would be hot. The next night Derek Hamilton would be hot. The next right. night John White would light it up. Right. You know, Casey Fisher would get hot, and they'd just feed him shot after shot after shot. You just never knew who it was going to be, but it was always somebody. All right, now and tell it, me if it I, has to be. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, Kelly, because you and I go back this far. You take Clarence Weatherspoon out of the scenario, because obviously Clarence Weatherspoon was an iconic player. But you take the guys that played on that NIT team and played in that era right there with uh, MK Turk and 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 Spoon is out of the picture. That team was comprised of the most iconic basketball players in Southern Miss history. People are still talking about them. Right. I mean, we're talking about them right now. Right. You know. Uh, and and one of the one of the uh, you talked to Slade White and the guys at Four Street, and I'll tell you one of the most talked about pieces of memorabilia is that poster. Yeah. Of those guys, you know, prior to that season. It's faded now, you know. It, it was very much in color back in the day, but it's mm-hmm. fading It's fading a good right. bit. <laughs> as we all do after, what, Correct. Right. 33 years or whatever it is? Correct. But am I right about right. that, Kelly? I can't yes. think of basketball players from other teams that surpassed uh, the impact those guys left on Southern Miss basketball, except you, for Weatherspoon. You could name individual players, you know, the Darren Chancellors and, you know, uh, Bernard Haslitz and some guys that came along afterwards. But as a team, no. And, again, it wasn't just one guy. That's, that's why you remember all of them. No, and know? it was so entertaining. Forget about the winning for just a second. The sheer entertainment, unbelievable. Just It's hard to – it would be hard to set a, a younger person down now that didn't have the benefit of – being in Reed Green during that era and explain the level of excitement again. Am but I you, right, Kelly? You you are, but you have to you have to credit MK Turk for that. MK right. Turk understood that that with people spent money, they not only wanted to see their team win, they wanted to be entertained. Right. So if so, if you can win doing it the regular way, fine. But if we can light it up. And put on a show, that's exactly what they wanted to do, and they were really good at it. Kelly, and I was gone uh, back to the Delta when this happened, but very quickly, what in the world led to to anyone deciding it was time for MK to to move on? I, I think I think it's because they they didn't play real good defense, you know, and and 
things kind of evolve, you know, over time. And, and people were, I, I never get tired of, of, of the scoring, you mm-hmm. know, but, uh, but I think, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder too. It's kind of like a lot of people thought it was time for coach Bauer to go. Mm-hmm. And I think they all kind of figured out now in retrospect, that wasn't a good idea either. Right, right, right. Well, MK Turk, in my view, my humble opinion, one of the top two or three most iconic figures in Southern Miss sports history. And, I mean, took that program from absolutely nothing, you know, to an NCAA tournament team. And a great, great guy off the floor. Just just a super, super nice guy. I could talk about MK Turk all day, Kelly. I know you yeah. felt the same way. No, I, it brings a smile on my face, too. Those were some, those were some uh, fond memories, indeed. Right. All right, well, speaking of people that brings a smile on your face, Jack Duggan is going to be on the show tomorrow to talk about this trivia deal. And, Luke, you've kind of jumped on that. He's really got a good thing going, does he not? Sporacle, that is your word of the day. Jack will let us know uh, whether that's a noun or a verb or an adjective. But sporacle, coming tomorrow to the Eagle Hour. Kelly, my best regards to Jeeves. I'll tell him, that's sporacle. That sounds like something you have to have removed surgically. I've got a... (laughs) Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.